You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. Good morning. And uh, while the guys are taking the uh, offering, I just want to get us ready. This is Look What the Lord Has Done Sunday. And we're going to hear some amazing testimonies this morning about what God's done in this year and maybe even lapping over into a previous year. And as I look around, I see so many of you that... uh, that ha- amazing things have happened to this year. But this morning we're going to hear from three of our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I want to start us off and, it's a, and ask a question because they've all been asked that question, maybe not from me up front, but um, as they preceded their, uh, their experience and with the challenges. What challenges are you facing? What challenges are you facing? And as your mind clicks through, it's coming up with ideas and things that you're facing. Challenges come in many shapes and sizes. Alone, you do not have enough strength to surmount them. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have the ability to come to Him in prayer and ask for His assistance. Just like Nehemiah in the Old Testament... He had a wall to repair and people to give hope and encouragement to. With God's divine help, the wall was restored in 52 days and the people's lives were back on path once again. What challenges are you currently facing with overwhelming odds? Step into the prayer circle and give it to God and become an active participant into the miracle that God wants to complete using you. That's right, you. Using you. He wants to use you. And he's done that with those that we're going to hear from this morning. So without any further conversation on my part, Darlene Mendel, would you come and join me up here on the platform, please? So we talked about how everybody's going to be able to see her better by being up here. So thanks, Matt, for uh, we pos- got Darlene in the position where every breath, what Michael spoke about earlier, can be used to glorify God. So with that, Darlene. I'll try to speak so you can hear me, but I don't have the wind that I used to have. <laughs> That's going to be a blessing, too. <laughs> Good morning, and God bless you. It's a privilege to be here. I know most of you, but not all of you. And, and uh, well, I see, I can look around. There's very few that I don't know. Um, but I've been here a long time, folks, 51 years. Wow. Uh, I have a t- story to tell you. It's not my life story but it's the last one and a half years. I praise the Lord. I'm still kicking because, let me tell you, I didn't have much kick in me for a while. I praise the Lord. I'm still able to serve him and be here. You know, through it all, I haven't missed any services except when I was in the hospital, which was plenty last year. But I just praise him and give him all the glory. Uh, 
I'm being treated, as most of you know, for kidney di with kidney dialysis. My kidneys just, you know, I didn't realize what was happening. I was losing my appetite. And one day I got so bad, I called Inez and I said, Inez, if you come and get me, take me to the hospital or I'm not going to make it through this week. That's how bad I felt. And I knew I was bad. Um, but that's the beginning of my prebles. Uh, I'm on a day also, a dialysis chair for four hours, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. I get up at 3.30, and I'm out, out the door by 4, and I'm down the street just three, four minutes, depending on no traffic, which I don't <laughs> at that time of day. And uh, I just... I, I just praise the Lord that I've been able to adjust to that. I come Now I come home and I just get in my housework and that kind of stuff like that. But um, I have, you know, you, those of you that have ever had dialysis or know anything, you get, sit on a chair and they poke you with two needles and they're there for the whole time. And you don't move. Maybe I can move my legs around, but I sure can't move this arm because... Otherwise, I'm in trouble. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's, I, I can sleep some of the time. Some of the time I watch TV, but I'm, I'm not bored, you know. And I have, I'm blessed to have a, a crew that works there that they're very friendly and very loving. And, and um, I have very, we have very good rapport. But this is the part of my life three times a week. And I'm content where God has put me, but I'm looking to be healed. I know my Savior, my Redeemer liveth. <laughs> Praise his name. My daughter came and stayed with me for 10 weeks. My son-in-law was getting tired of fixing his own dinner every night. But he didn't say a word. You know, he just endured. And without her help, I don't know what I would have done. And without the help of Inez... I don't know what I would have done. She was at the hospital every day and stayed several hours with me. Um, then on about the, that, everything, I was riding along just fine. And then about the 28th of September, I was walking out my front door to come to Bible study. And my purse was hanging down here, you know, on my arm. It should have been over my shoulder, but it wasn't. And it was dangling, and I... <clears throat> tripped over the, the dumb thing, and it wasn't a little purse, it was a big one, and I fell flat on my face, and I was, um, I mean flat. I have, I wear this glove because this hand is numb, and it's cold all the time. <laughs> um, it's a wonder I didn't break my nose because I was, I hit flat on but as most of you, if you've seen me, for six weeks I was the color of the rainbow on my face. I also slightly sprained my arm, my wrist, and my rather, and, and my knee, my left knee. It looked like a tennis ball. But I have a very high pain tolerance, and I had no pain. It wasn't shock pain. I mean, I, I just have a high pain tolerance. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. But... I hit so hard on the concrete, and I had a, I had a puddle like this on blood 
I'm glad the door of the garage was open because if it hadn't, I'd have hit the top of my head. Either knock my brains out or deaden them or something. I don't know. But um, it was... It was just a mess, and so I got right up off my feet. I'd already locked the door to come out, so I went next door to see if I could get help. They weren't home. I went across the street, and they weren't home. Went down two doors, and the lady that, uh, she said she'd take me to the hospital. I says, no, I, I think the fire department will be on their way because I wear this, you know, this is a, I have a beautiful black necklace that I have to wear all the time. And um, so I said they'd take me to ER. And they called, the fire department called my daughter in Weed, called my son in Bend, Oregon, and my daughter had told him, call Inez. She's the third person on my list, poor Inez. <laughs> so she was right behind the fire department when they came, her and her daughter. And so um, we just, they took me to ER and I, I was there from 7 o'clock until 2.30 a.m. And, and about, oh, maybe 30 minutes before I was able to re be released, they finally took a stitch in my, my lip right in the middle. And Inez says, I don't know how they found the where, where to put the stitches because the blood was just gushing out of, my, out of my mouth, my lip. And so... Um, from there, my sister, well, she came from Hemet. She, I, I couldn't leave ER until she came from Hemet because Inez had to get home. So she, it was an hour and a half trip, and she got there, and um, it was then at three, two, no, about 2.30, they dismissed me to go home. I got home, and I slept for, rested in the chair. I didn't dare go to bed, and then it, Four o'clock, we walked out the door and went right to dialysis. <laughs> and then, um, from there, I told my sister, I want you to take me to my dentist. Because what had happened was my teeth on this side, upper lip, I mean upper top, dropped down. And I could hardly get my tongue through to talk because it had dropped that far down. So when we got to the dentist, she come running out. She saw me. And, of course, I've known her all her life, literally. And um, she told my sister, she says, go home, and, and we have a nickname. I had a nickname for the, the bridge, the thing that I wore at night to bed. I called it Mr. Trump because my, I go like this. And I kind of had a Trump-looking Trump -looking, Trump -looking mouth. And um, so she went home, and she got that and brought it back, and my dentist said, now put this in, and don't take it out for three weeks. Well, by the time I took this out, it was all, I couldn't, I couldn't take it out to brush my teeth for three weeks. I could brush the bottom teeth, but I couldn't do anything. There was, I mean, it was all, you know, you couldn't reach the teeth. And it was so bad that the liner of the, this device fell out. It was rotted. And oh, was I glad to get home and brush my teeth. But um, anyway, um, then I went from that, that episode into the April, and I went to the dermatologist, and he said, 
I little take took biopsy and then it took three different bio, uh, three different times to check it and it was melanoma in this thumb. This is stumpy. And so that had to come off in May. And uh, Terry Miller took Inez and I to the doctors over at UCMI in, in Irvine or wherever that is. But it was, had always my appointment was it during work traffic early in the morning, early enough. And I knew that Inez and I weren't going to do that trip. So Terry, Terry took me, both of us, because I wanted Inez with me, because, you know, she's the other half of my, she's the good half of my brain. She remembers everything. So I had to have that. And, and when we got to, in to see the doctor, uh, he had gone to school with my dermatologist, and uh, they'd known one another for many, many years. And he walked in and he looked at my thumb and, and he looked at the results and everything and he, he swears a lot. And he said a naughty word starts with an S. And I said, oh, we don't, we don't talk like that. Nine is and I looked at one another and we laughed. And he said it again. I mean, this, you know. And every time I went in to visit him, he'd start to say that. <laughs> he wouldn't say it. But... Uh, I had to have it removed uh, on the 3rd of May, and that night I took one pain pill, and I had to lay with my arm like this, you know, with my thumb up, because it was throbbing so bad, but that's the only time I ever took a pain pill, you know, and God really worked on that, and uh, he says, well, I'm going to leave the stitches in. Well, the stitches bothered me after a while, so I pulled them out myself. And they're all out, and and I've learned how to get my. I practiced before, when I knew this was going to happen. I practiced using these two fingers to eat with, and write with. That's not easy, and but my but penmanship is better now because I have to go slower. I can't scribble as much, but anyway, I'm I'm thankful that God seen me through that, and. Um, when, when uh, well, I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Whenever I had my um, uh, teeth and fell on that, my sister took pictures and sent them to my kids, all in Technicolor. And my son doesn't swear. He's a Christian. And, and I said, I think I'll wear a face mask to church Sunday so I don't scare the little kids and my son says well maybe you shouldn't wear it it might scare the hell out of some people <laughs> literally but he didn't say it as a swear word he's not literally but I thank the Lord for what he's done for me and one more thing there's somebody here today and he'll know who he is but I'm not going to say it and when pastor tells everybody to get up and fellowship and shake hands and everything that man came over, and he picked my hand up, and he kissed the end of that poor thumb, all in a bandage. And I thought that was so sweet, and I'll never forget that. You know who you are. But that's what the Lord's done for me, and I'm standing on his word. I can do all my housework. I do my yard work, and he's given me the strength. And I'm 85 years old, and a lot of people don't have that even if they're in good health. So thank, I thank him for it. Thanks, Darlene.
Brett and Jen Hatch, come and join me up here on the platform. You guys have an amazing story to tell. <clears throat> they're a little under the weather, but uh, they're here to uh, proclaim how good God is. Good morning. Uh, little, last year, uh, December, I just had back surgery. Um, it, was, it was a success because I didn't have to use a cane anymore. Prior to that, I was walking around with a cane. But I was still in a lot of pain. I was using marijuana for the pain and it helped me sleep. And during uh, the early part of last year, I was thinking about going back to church, but I never talked to Jenny about it. I didn't know if she was interested, and we didn't talk much, so... It seemed like a hard conversation to have because it was going to be like a confrontation, is what was my assumption. But Jen, then Jenny did ask if I wanted to go to Easter service. And I was surprised but eager to go, so we came. Um, and for me, as far as uh, the not talking to each other had been going on for years, um, we were just kind of married in the sense that we shared the same house. We just kind of, you know... How you doing? Coming and going, and that was about it. Um, and if we did have to talk about things, it usually turned into an argument. So we just decided to not talk about things. Um, and then uh, this past uh, February, um, let's see, I was visiting my mother in Maine, um, and I took Dana with me. And when I got there, I kind of felt a regret that I didn't ask Brett to come. So I called him on the phone and I asked him to come several times and he just kept saying no. So I didn't know where that was going to lead us to when I got back home. And uh, also while I was there, Dana and I had an accident on a snowmobile. And um, I was pinned under it. And uh, we were alone in the woods. And I tried to kick the snowmobile off me, and I couldn't budge it. It was too heavy. But within, I want to say within 30 seconds, I got the snowmobilers pulled up, and they lifted it off me and pulled it out, pulled me out from under it. And I thank God for them. That was his timing that they happened to come by at that time. Otherwise, I couldn't get out from under that. And they stayed with Dana and I. Um, Dana was kind of tossed free of it. She wasn't hurt. But um, I ended up with a, a bruised leg and a sprained wrist and a big, big bump on my wrist. It was terrible. Um, and that accident happened on a Saturday. And I had to fly back home the following Tuesday. And I was worried because I had this big lump on my arm and didn't know if I was going to end up with a blood clot from flying. And, but I got home, and then uh, Thursday, I was just sitting in the living room, and all of a sudden, my jaw was tensing in my throat, and I couldn't breathe, and I was like, oh, gosh, am I having a heart attack? Am I having another pulmonary embolism, um, which I had had before after a surgery? Um, so we called 911, and I went to the hospital, and it turned out to be a panic attack. Um, so they prescribed me Xanax. And I was taking that nightly for a couple of months. And it wasn't, like, helping enough to bring the anxiety down during the day. 
So I started using CBD oil to help with that too. But then it got to the point where I was not even, I, it was hard to stay awake all day long. And I'm taking care of my little grandson who was about a year, a year and a half at the time. And so I needed to be awake. Um, so when, when I came back and after the panic attack and everything, it was a four week period there between that and Easter Sunday. And I, I've said this part to some people before. Um, I had always wanted, I wanted to get back to church. We'd been out for about nine years and I wanted to get back and I would occasionally do drive-bys by this church to make sure it was still here. Because we, <laughs> we had taken the marriage seminar when we were at Calvary Community Church in Norwalk. And so I knew it was here. And occasionally I would just come drive by. Yep, it's still there. Okay. So after this, um, I came and I drove by and I was like, yes, it's still here. I was like, okay, Easter Sunday is coming. We're coming. And I told the girls, I was like, you know, we're going to come to church Easter Sunday. And, you know, so I put my foot down with myself because I'm the one that needed to make me go. And um, where am I? Oh, and so I did come home and um, I asked Brett, I was like, me and the girls are going to church and um, do you want to join us? And I was pretty sure he would say yes, and he did. And then, um, so what God has done for us as individuals, for myself, um, as I continued to come to church on a regular basis, um, I decided to stop taking the Xanax and the CBD oil and just um, let God help me with the panic attacks. And um, yeah, I felt like I was able to you know, be alert and live my life and take care of my grandson. And there has been no more panic attacks except for one um, where we had a little something in our house. <laughs> and pastors Matt and Emily and Michael came to our house and, and prayed over our house and anointed it. And we've been all good since then. Uh, and I still deal with stress. I have a high level of stress. <laughs> uh, just I think because I overthink things and I try to do everything for everybody. And I've also given that to God, too, like to, to help, especially with my kids, that I can't do everything for them, even though I want to. And that God would show them the way and what to be doing with their lives. And he's done some great things, too, for especially um, our oldest. She's gotten a job, and uh, she's just becoming a lot more independent. Um, let's see. Uh, and, well, recently, a few weeks ago, um, I took the girls for uh, a therapy session. Three of us went, and uh, it was particularly like stressful and trying that day. It was, a, and uh, I also had a facial appointment later on. And when I got there, the esthetician could tell I was upset, and she asked me what was wrong. And I told her what I was going through, and um, also from the stress and panic attacks, this throat thing was not going away. It, it would, I, it was hard to swallow. It was hard to talk. It, uh, and um, she, and I told her about these things, and she just looked at me, and she said, that's the enemy. She said, that's Satan attacking you. And she began to pray for me, and she prayed in one of those, like, attack-type prayers. And as we were praying, I felt just everything kind of lift off me and go away. And my throat hasn't been bothering me at all since that day. And I just felt so much more peace. By the time she was done praying for me, I just felt so much more peace than I've felt in years. And, you know, with the prayers from people here at church, 
and home and my friends. I, I just feel so much more peaceful than I have in so many years. <sighs> and this is... We only have a couple more minutes. I was taking... I hogged up all the time. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll start editing here. In, uh, some of you know the story. In I mean, We were coming to church since Easter Sunday. Um, in June, I was with the men's gathering, and we always ask, you know, for prayer people come into our prayer circle and pray. I would not step in there, but I was still having a lot of problems with my back, and Tony Simmons saw it and said, let me pray with you for it. And so we prayed together, and then the next morning, instead of waking up in pain, I woke up and my back actually started cracking, and I was walking normal. Praise God. Um, yeah, praise God, indeed. Um, also, it really felt like transforms all I can say about my mind. Um, years before, I'd been taking hydrocodone, and I got off that, and I thought it was just on my own. I just was sick of it, but there was no withdrawal symptoms. Um, drinking, I could never before never think of never having to drink again, and grad, it was all, gradually I was just not drinking at all. And after this, I realized God was working on me even before, and I didn't even know it. Um, so haven't been taking THC, haven't been drinking at all. Um, and so I guess I'll wrap it up with what has God, God done for us together? Uh, God's restored our marriage and our Great friendship. And Jenny and I spend more time together. Uh, we have date nights and more conversations and a lot less arguments. <laughs> Awesome, you guys. Um, I hope this is encouragement. It's encouragement for me, but for each one of you as you sit next to the Hatches and other families that are, are having victories in Jesus because you really don't know who you're in the presence of. Give them a hand, one more hand as they step down. Pam, will you join me up here, please? Can you sort of do the Reader's Digest version a little bit? I'll do my bit? best. <laughs> Good morning. So, um, <laughs> um, so last, last um, month I shared with you guys about God's financial blessings in my life, you know, um, obedience for Miracle Sunday, and he's continued to do that. He's continued to multiply that offering and provide for, financial, for, financially, for my financial needs. Um, this morning I wanted to share with you about um, God's healing in my life and um, you know, back in January, I sat down and figured out my goals for 2019, you know, um, emotional healing from my mom passing away, you know, spiritual growth, physical health, getting more involved in ministry here at Life Center. You know, those are my goals. Those are my plans. I was sticking to them. What does God do? He messes up my plans. Um, it was um, January 31st. I get a call from my OBGYN. They had done a biopsy a couple days before. Um, the results came back, Pam, you have endometrial cancer. And I'm thinking, okay, God, that was not on my list of plans that I, that I put together for this year. Nope, cancer's not on that list. Um, and so, you know, he's all, Pam, I want you to trust me, you know, um, take my hand, I'm going to guide you through this journey. And, okay, God, I'll trust you. And so March 7th, I had a full hysterectomy, and been a couple nights in the hospital, a couple weeks recuperating. 
Um, the end of March, I go back. I'm figuring doctor's going to give me a clean bill of health. You know, I'm going to get on my way. You know, three months in already, got to get working on these goals for 2019. And um, the doctor says to me that, um, well, uh, it seems that the pathology comes back. And, you know, it seems like it was just your uterus that was affected by the cancer. But because we couldn't see your lymph nodes, we can't be 100% sure that the cancer's gone. So we need to do radiation. I'm like, okay, God, really? Because that's not on my list of plans for 2019 either. And um, that, that Sunday, I was talking with Pastor Chuck out at the hub, and he told me, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. And God's peace poured over me at that moment, and I knew that God was saying that everything was going to be okay. And so May 20th through June 24th, I went out for radiation every day, Every day, five, those five weeks, um, five days a week to Anaheim and uh, went through full radiation treatments. And, and um, you know, every day I would post a Bible verse on Facebook, a different verse. Every day, God's word went ahead of me that day and led my way. And, you know, even through the harshness of the nausea and the, and the, and the side effects from the radiation, I knew that God was in control. Because while we're waiting, God's working, you know, and um, finished, um, end of June, I finished the radiation, rang the bell, you know, during that time, you know, I um, started going to exercise classes at the YMCA, I started, um, you know, going to Healthy Balance at Kaiser, you know, as God poured more energy into me, I turned around and poured that energy and back into ministries here at church. And um, I went back September 18th to the doctor and um, out in Anaheim, and she examined me and said, no sign of cancer, you know. And then, and then on, um, um, the, a few weeks ago, I went back to the surgeon, and he too said, everything's normal, no cancer. And he even complimented me on losing weight because um, in the last two years, I've lost 185 pounds. You know, you know, and I'm just amazed at God's, God's blessings and his healing in my life. And if I look back and see what God's done, if I look back at those goals that I thought were long forgotten, the emotional and the physical healing, the spiritual growth, getting involved more in here at Ministry at Life Center, if I look back at that, all of those things happened in my life. But because I turned the reins of my life over to him, Everything that happened in my life is because of his power. You know, I'm healed because of his power. I'm healthier because of his strength. And I can walk forward in victory every step that I take from now on. Um, do I have time to read the verse real quick? Or? Uh, I just wanted to share a verse with you real quick. Um, these have been my life verses this year. Um, it's Job 23, um, verse 8. It says, I go to the east, but he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. But he knows where I am going, and when he tests me, I come out as pure gold. For I have stayed on God's paths, I have not followed his ways, and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. But once he has made his decision, who can change his mind? Whatever he wants to do, he does. So he will do to me whatever he has planned, because he controls my destiny. 
you know, I just want to encourage you today, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, put your trust in God. He's our destiny. He's, he's our victory. Thank you, Pam. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. And as you can hear in my voice, I got something going on. As a matter of fact, I've had it going on since Christmas Day, and Cheryl's been before that, and that's why she's not here this morning. Uh, she, she ran with fevers for four or five days, so don't touch me, okay? And I'll not touch you. <laughs> but God is good, and all the time, amen. By the way, let me just announce to you that the Explorers Learning class has been canceled for this week. Uh, due to Pastor Tom's illness and Pauline's illness as well. Both teachers are down. So uh, find a, a, sorry for the inconvenience, check out Deep Dive or uh, in here in the worship center or the home builders in the fellowship class for this Sunday because uh, we don't want you uh, leaving today without it. How do we have more? Look what the Lord has done. How do we have more? You might be saying this morning, hey, I, I, you know, I, those people have wonderful testimonies. How about me? Well, I want to share with you, and the, the enemy's really attacking me. I get this every now and then, a, a, an abdominal cramp, and I'm getting it right now when I start coughing. So let's just pray right now, okay? Father God, I just ask you to come before me in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would just take over and that you would heal and and you help me through all of this. Lord God, I'll put my trust in you. And just and trust you, Lord God, to do and have your outcome. So Holy Spirit, you take over. You take over. And we'll trust you for it all in Jesus' name. Open your Bibles to, to Ephesians chapter 5. Thank God for another year. Amen. Amen. 2019 is about out and over. Just got a few more year, days, and then we start not only a new year, but a new decade. How about that? Ephesians 5, verse uh, 15 through 17. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every, every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. We're gathered here this, this morning, and we are blessed. We are a blessed people. Amen? There are a lot of people that were hoping to be here today, uh, but they didn't make it hoping to live another year, but they didn't get there. This is a very special time in our lives as we looked at here at the end of the year. Some of us may not be here 365 days from now. Did you know that? So look around. Uh, who might these be? It could be the healthiest looking person here. It could be the unhealthiest person here. It could be the poorest person here. It could be the richest person here. 
It could be the most industrious person here or even the laziest person here. We don't know who will be who we will see at the end of this next year, but most likely with a crowd of any size, some of us will not finish the next year out. I'm sad to say that, but it's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. At this very special time when we're entering a new year we, in our life, we need to make sure that we use every day, every day, God, make sure that every day God gives us, we use it for his glory. His glory. We really can't afford to waste one of them. Many start off the year with best intentions by making New Year's resolutions, but many have, uh, have made these same resolutions last year, and they did not keep them. So they make them again on this year as we move into it. Here are some resolutions that you can actually accomplish without much uh, effort. I'm going to read less. You can keep that one, right? I want to gain at least 30 pounds. I'm going to stop exercising. I'm going to be unkind to someone every single day of the year. I'm going to watch more TV this year than I did last year. I'm going to be to pro procrastinate more in this next year. These are things that all of us could do, right? Without much effort. But if you're really serious about making the new year 2020, a great year with something to tell, tell, bring here next year as a testimony, then it will require more than a few good intentions. If you're really serious about making the new, uh, the, I mean, Jonathan Edwards was a great Christian. Uh, if you know church history, as a young man, he resolved to do five things. Here they are real quickly. He resolved to live with all his might while he did live. Live with all your might. Give every day your best. He resolved never to lose a moment of time, but to improve it, 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 it in the most profitable way he could. He resolved never to do anything which he should despise or think unkind of another. He resolved never to do anything out of revenge. Oh, that's a big one in our modern society, isn't it? A lot of people waste a whole lot of time with that revenge thing. He resolved lastly never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Did you hear that? These resolutions will take more than good intentions. Someone said this, resolutions are like babies in church. They must be carried out. They must be carried out. The Word of God tells us that we must do to make this successful. And, and, and actually, in, uh, let's, let's read a little bit further in e this portion of, of Scripture, Ephesians, picking up where we did in verse se uh, 17. It goes on in verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. And making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In these verses, Paul presents some very important things for us to understand and consider this next year. Here, number one, make the most of each day. Make the most out of each day. 
The verse of Scripture is telling us to make the most of it each day. And why? Because we live in a day that is an evil day. The enemy is out there prowling around trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ has come to give us a life and that more abundantly. But if you don't live it out for him, uh, for the Lord, the enemy will come along and steal that away from you. You've got to be intentional about living for him. You've got to be intentional because the day is evil. We mortals measure our life out in years. For example, when someone asks you how old we are, we do not tell them how many days, weeks, or months we have lived. We tell them how many years we've lived, right? Yeah, we go to a lot of trouble to make sure that these bodies of ours, so that we can, we can take care of them, so we can live many years in this, in this life. But no matter how much care you give them, it seems to be a losing battle. I mean, this thing that hit us this week, you could not see it, you could not feel it until it hit you. Right? That's how viruses go. And it can sure knock you down. Look with me to the psalm. Psalm 90. We do everything we can to stretch out our life so we can have as many days on earth as possible. We measure our life in years, but God's word tells us to measure life in days. Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Did you hear that? Teach us to realize the brevity of life. Life is, going, is very short. Ask anyone who has got a full head of gray hair, and they'll tell you, it seemed just like yesterday I was a young person. It's short. It's short. We make plans weeks, months, years in advance, and as we know, we are going to be there to carry out the plans. But the fact is, we never know that when we will see our last sunset. It's the truth. Psalm, Psalm 10, goes, uh, 90 verse 10 says this, 70 years are given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Uh, some, some of you who are over 80, you're living on extended time, aren't you? And we praise God for that. We praise God for that. The average lifespan of mankind is 70 years. However, some will never live to that age. Maybe in our modern times, we, we see things happening because of medicines and so forth, but what kind of life do they live? Young people have a different approach to age than the adults. A woman said, recently I realized that I'd never shown my four-and-a-half-year-old Cameron my baby pictures. After seeing them one day, he said, if these are your baby pictures, where are the dinosaurs? <laughs> we measure life in years, but God's Word teaches us to measure it in days. Measure it in days. A few years ago, People Magazine advertised a new clock on the market. It calculates the average lifespan of 75 years for men and 80 years for women. So you program your gender and age into the clock, and, and then on, from then on, it will tell you how much time you have left. It's sold for $99.95. Uh, 
I don't know if I want that clock. If we all went out and bought such a clock, we'd find some of us have only a few thousand days to live on this earth. Others uh, might 100 days, and some of us uh, even less. Think about it. No wonder God tells us, number your days, right? Number your days. Only a fool will go through life thinking they're going to live forever. We will in Christ, but not in this life. Not in this life. The Bible tells us to count our tomorrow, not to count our tomorrow before tomorrow may, may come for you and me. The second thing, make the most out of every opportunity. Paul told us that we are to make the most out of every opportunity because the days are evil. We live in an evil society. There was a time in this country when people went to sleep at night and didn't even lock their front door. Some of you remember that. You can't do that now. You can't. Today they lock them, they deadbolt them, and they turn on all the alarms in the house. God's word teaches us that Satan is a robber and a thief. He wants to steal the opportunities we have, been, we have for serving the Lord this coming year. Don't let the devil do that. Don't let the devil do that. Satan is the biggest thief to ever walk on the earth. Every day of our lives, he's looking for ways to rob us of something. Don't allow him to do that this year. We are aware that often he tries to rob us of God's blessing by putting th evil things in our life. But many times we are not aware that he also uses good things in our life to keep us uh, uh, from doing the things God wants us. He uses evil things that make demands on our lives, but he also uses good things that make demands on our time. Remember when Jesus went to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus? He sat down to teach them. And Mary was sitting at his feet and soaking in all the word that was coming out of his mouth. Meanwhile, Martha was out in the kitchen preparing dinner. Now, they're both wonderful ladies and good, good things they were doing. But, but Martha, was, was having, Martha was not doing what was needed at that moment. She was missing the point. Jump over to Luke chapter 10. Pastor Tim, can you give me that water, please? Thank you. Luke 10. And verse 40. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come up and help me. Look at what Jesus says in verse 42. There is only one thing worth being concerned about Mary. Uh, about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. There's a time for everything, but at that moment, what she needed to do was be spending time with the Lord. That's what the, Jesus was trying to teach her at that moment. Now, was Martha committing to sin because she was fixing a meal? 
In the kitchen? Of course not. No. But where's your, what, what, she, what, what was she doing? She had her priorities all messed up, and she was preoccupied with what she was doing, and she didn't realize that God was in her living room. Right? God was in her living room. A lot of people are pre- preoccupied with making money, and they do not realize what, they are mess- what they're missing. A lot of people are preoccupied with the gods of this world, and they don't know what they're missing. The, a lot of people today are preoccupied with hobbies and activities that they, that they don't attend the house of the Lord to worship God because they're so bogged down by all these things. That is a common mistake that we make every day. We get so caught up in the here and now that we fail to deal with the eternal and the things that will last forever. Richard Swenson, a medical doctor, wrote a book in which he discusses one of the major maladies of our time, anxiety and stress. He calls it overload. Anybody know about that? It says that people are just plain overloaded. We can suffer because we are low overloaded. We're overloaded with commitments. Satan would love to overload us with evil things so that we won't have time for, for God in our life. If, if he can do that, he will, if he cannot do that, he will overload our lives with good things so that we will be unable to accomplish what God has for us. He'll overload us with possessions. A young couple attended church every single Sunday. Then summer came, and, and they, they, they installed a nice swimming pool for their backyard. I'm not against swimming pools, but let me tell you, uh, the second Sunday, the, the, their parents were coming over for the barbecue in the backyard in the swim. And then the third week, they had some friends over for, for a swim. And the whole summer went by, and the devil filled them their, their weekends with activities, and they were never in the house of the Lord. The devil knows that one of the best ways to get us to waste our time is to take something good and use it to keep us from giving our best for the Lord. Did you hear that? Sometimes it's a boat. Sometimes it's a camper. Sometimes it's a a lake home or a beach home. Sometimes it's a motorcycle. Sometimes it's an ATV. He knows how to take good things and and, and load us up with them so that we will not have time to worship and serve the Lord God, our, our King. We can also be overloaded with our work. To have all material things means we have to work many hours to buy those things, doesn't it? Is there anything wrong with work? Of course not. The Bible talks about if you don't work, you don't eat, right? But Satan knows how to get, take a good thing and get us so involved in it that we will not have time for God in our lives. I could go on and on, but you get the picture. There are so many demands on our time, but there are just 8,760 hours in a year. So we need to make the most of it out of every opportunity. Before we close, here are some suggestions. If you do these things... My friends, you'll have something to testify about. Number one, make time each day for prayer and reading his word. Did you hear that? You say, that's so simple. I can guarantee you, friends, you do that, and your day is going to take on a different meaning and perspective. Take time each day for prayer and, 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 and reading his word. 
Secondly, spend time with your family. Spend time with your family. You know, I, I kick myself because I didn't do it this year, but uh, there have been many occasions, uh, big occasions, where all the family's together, and I start, I've started taking pictures uh, of, of those days because we never know who's not going to be here the next, the next holiday, right? Every husband ought to have a date night with his wife. Thanks for bringing that up. They're, these are precious moments. Don't let them get away. Make sure that you spend quality time with your kids, with your grandkids. Because when you're gone, are they going to remember you? Make sure you have family. Your family is high on the list. God first and family is second. The third thing, be good workers. When someone hires a Christian, they ought to be known that they're getting someone who will give them an honest day's work. Amen? And not cheat the company. Christians have a responsibility to the Lord to honor him even in the marketplace. Amen? Let me close with this little story. Gary Freeman tells about a girl who went to college and she just hated it. But she told herself, if I can ever get out of college and get married and have, a ch have children, I know I'll finally be able to enjoy life. So she stuck with it. She went to classes every day and finally graduated from college. Then she got married and had children and discovered that children are a lot of work. So she told herself, if I can just get these kids raised, then I'll be able to relax and really enjoy my life. But by the time the kids were entering high school, her husband said, guess what? We don't have enough money to send our kids to college. I guess you'll have to get a job. Well, she didn't want to, but she knew she was, he was right and they needed the money. So she went to work and she hated it. But she told herself, if I can just get the kids out of college and get all the bills paid, then I can quit work and really enjoy life. Finally, the last child graduated from college and all the bills were paid. So she walked, walked into the employer's office and said, I quit. He said, oh, you don't want to quit now. If you stay with us another eight years, you'll have a pension for the rest of your life. She thought, well, I don't want to work another eight years. But there's all the money, all that money there. And I really can, can't turn down the opportunity. So she worked another eight years. Finally, she and her husband retired at the same time. They sold their home and bought a little retirement cottage. Then they sat down on the swing on the front porch and looked at the family photo album and dreamed of the good old days. Make the most out of every day. Make the most out of every opportunity. Dedicate yourself to the things and put the Lord first in all things, and you will find that you have a successful 2020. Amen? Why don't you stand with me, please? <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the grand testimonies. Thank you, Lord, for giving us something to think about and, and to shout, glory, hallelujah. As a matter of fact, we're going to do that with this song coming up, Lord. But Lord... May we determine to live for you in 2020 like we have not done before. 
putting you at the priority of our lives. And we will be rejoicing from day one through the end of the year. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.